Welcome to Module 19, Story. Co-creation means we are always making our reality together with the great mystery. Our free will dictates what the great mystery is able to bring into our reality. Some of this will is set into motion long before we become conscious physical beings. We decide various specific things for our life, like the essence of what we are here to report on and learn about for collective consciousness. How the rest of our part of this co-creation comes together is from what story we tell ourselves in the moment. Our story is the tale we tell ourselves about our reality. It is what makes our experience be experienced in the way we encounter it. We are the narrator summarizing each part in the story. Let's imagine that I have a green pot sitting on my balcony when I was a child. Let's imagine I had a big green pot fall on my head. I may have a story about green pots. I may think they are dangerous. Others may have a different experience. Perhaps seeing the green pot fall on the ground after it hits us in the head, we noticed a pattern that showed us something special and informed the artistic and spiritual self about the rest of our life and how to navigate everything. For us, it may feel like the single biggest symbol of our lives. Our story can be created based on a reflection of how we processed experiences we had. Our story is formed by the beliefs we choose to own. Let's say I have a belief that I'm a victim. Everything I encounter will be a story I tell myself to reinforce my belief that I'm a victim. My manifestation will also be commanded by this story. I will manifest more experiences that confirm I am a victim, so my story continues to be as I imagine it should be. Another person may have a different story and encounter the exact same experience, but their reality of this experience will be totally different because of their storyline. Let's say two women have a miscarriage. Both lose their pregnancy at five weeks. One wanted to be a mother more than anything else in the world. The second had a different story. She didn't think she wanted children at all. To her, the parasite she was carrying was gone and good riddance. Her story makes her delighted and joyful to lose the pregnancy, while the story of the hopeful mother-to-be ensures she feels devastated. Reality is shaped by the story we tell ourselves. In science, they talk about this through quantum mechanics and the observer. The double slit experiment is a great example of this. The light only forms into a particular reality once the observer views it. Scientifically, this proves we have the ultimate power about how our reality forms around us. Matter is not just matter. Nothing is finite, but instead is flexible based on the person observing reality. The multiverse actually exists with so many versions of possibility, they are infinite. What reality you experience is based on what you superposition, and you do this through your story. Superpositioning is a sciencey way of saying what you focus on becomes the reality you experience. Over the last 20 plus years as a healer, I've seen this play out radically and obviously in my healing career. Two people can be encountering the same physical experience like a new job. One will experience massive trauma and physical health challenges. 
and a second will feel like they are thriving. The job environment can be giving them the exact same messages of encouragement and confirmation of success, yet they have a radically different experience and their health is affected. The first person gets really sick. The second person is more energized than ever before in their life. Someone who gets cancer always gives too much from their story's perspective and is inwardly angry about it. Anyone who has asthma has a story of guilt plaguing them. Anyone with inflammatory conditions continually tells an inward story of rage, masking where they feel hurt. They have actually not taken care of themselves. The body responds with so many conditions to the stories we tell ourselves. These conditions are the story making itself manifest in our bodies. Phobias are stories. I gave the example of my husband's needle phobia in a previous module and mine of spiders recently too. These were stories we told ourselves and they had a direct relationship to how we experience anxiety and physical responses. Other people love spiders and don't mind needles at all. Junkies probably love the feeling of the needle going in. The needle is the same, but the story for each person creates their reality. I saw a really clear example of how our story can affect reality this month. One of my dearest relatives who has a long story of being unsupported and being unsafe was back home after being released from hospital after a standard procedure. She began having a life-threatening complication while at home and when she called the ambulance to pick her up and get her back to hospital, they refused to come and get her. Feeling very unsupported, as her story says, she got her way back to hospital and once there she said, I only feel safe now I am back here. Her body manifested this post-op complication to get her back to where she felt safe. Now she's manifested needing a new life-threatening surgery which will require her to stay in hospital for many weeks afterwards to recover. In her very own story, she is trying to feel supported and safe by co-creating physical reasons to stay in hospital. Experience is a story we have told ourselves. Sometimes this story is unconscious to us and hard to figure out even when we consider ourselves very conscious. As you have heard through these modules, I've been developing this mountain property for retreats and another space to live in. Over the last four years, I've had a myriad of challenges trying to get the personal house built. Earlier this month, I sat back and contemplated if I really wanted to live here. To my great surprise, I discovered there is a part of me, a strong part, that actually wants to not live here. Once I had this realisation, within the space of a week, I found another house to buy, organised some extra finance to support the purchase, and will settle on it tomorrow. Every single thing has flowed seamlessly. This worked because my unconscious will became conscious to me. The great mystery, knowing this was the best outcome for me, helped make it happen because my story is a good one. The great mystery only ever supports what is good for us. Now I get to have the retreat here on this beautiful land and visit whenever I like and have all sorts of other conveniences too. Babies are born into our story. They enter the field of mum and dad and all other primary caregivers. 
Whatever story is being told becomes true for the child also. This week I was a little tired from heading into hospital every day to see my relative. My son manifested a cold on the last day when I was telling myself I was actually feeling tired and needed a rest. Colds are the body being told a story of being tired and needing a rest. I didn't get a cold, but he did. Kids manifest their primary caregiver's stories fully until they're about 12 years old. So whatever unwellness or behavioural issues you see in your kids can be resolved by cleaning up your own energy and story. An argument with another person is a great example of stories and how they create our reality. There is a great example in a film called The Breakup starring Jennifer Aniston, which always makes me smile about stories. She wants him to want to do the dishes. He says that he's never going to want to do dishes. To her, the dishes are a symbol in her story of his equal contribution of them caring about their life together. To him, they are just dishes, and he honestly doesn't feel inspired about washing dishes. Our story creates how we relate to others. Stories also always have a shadow and a light side. When one is a victim, one is also the perpetrator. When one is a saviour, one is also a victim. The shadow of the archetype we see ourselves as in the story is always present. Are we the hero of our story? If so, we are also the villain. For example, my relative felt like a victim, yet they also feel like everyone else is powerless to help them. They experience both power over others and yet complete victimhood. Where we notice we belong to a particular archetype story, we should also research the opposite. I particularly liked Carolyn Miss's work on archetypes when I read Sacred Contracts about 20 years ago. But a Google search will help you explore archetypes and all that has evolved about them. Especially when our story is so defined by the role we play in the tale we tell ourselves, shouldn't we understand the motivations of the actor we are playing? Sometimes these archetypes are helpful and positive for our lives, but sometimes they are not. We will need to keep them in check and monitor our balance with them. For example, I had an experience this week where the great mystery truly stumped me. Something happened that was wildly unexpected and disheartening for one of my favourite clients. I have a story that I normally have all the answers. Not always the me that is Avril, but the I am connected shaman who can tap into all that is. I wasn't meant to know something ahead of time, which I understood later, but this surprise at the time deeply affected me. I felt gutted. Despite the fact that this is not my life that is being lived, I felt much of the energy personally. As a professional healer, I must have empathy, but I cannot get involved in the energy of other people's lives. I deal with death and despair and heartache on a regular basis and have to remain in the energy of hope to be of service. If I join others in the tragedy their lives sometimes present, I would be useless and probably suicidal in a short time. So this example highlighted for me that I, in fact, do not know all the answers. I cannot because, like you all, I am always going to be mystified by the great mystery, sometimes. My story actually caused me a great deal of pain. It's one I again had to revisit to let go of. 
If we have an archetype that is negative for our lives, like the saviour archetype that I'm describing here, we may need to revisit the story this creates in our thinking many times over the course of our lives. I have other stories that really help me. One I tell myself is that everything happens for a reason and that reason is always an act of love. This story helped me recenter and ask the right questions to get the clarity I needed around this situation. I was also able to reassure my relative by reminding them of that story that all things have a good outcome. This helped them get through the first two surgeries, which they were terrified of before. Our core stories define our experience. They either free us or trap us. There is no external force that forces us to create our story one way or another. We do this for ourselves. I know a person who is so sure they are going to hell when they leave this earth, they have asked me to make sure they are buried in a fire protection suit. I know another person who wants their ashes sailed to Lord Howe Island, a place they consider to be the most beautiful in the world, and to have their ashes dropped there in the ocean so they can enjoy that beauty forever. Both people's stories will define how they experience their afterlife. Which one would you choose? You need to live a good story. In this module, I really want you to investigate the idea that your story is fluid. You are the story writer, the director and the actor in the story. Life is your stage. At any time, you can change the story by giving the actor a new archetype and therefore a new motivation. This subtle change begins by recognising what your story actually is or stories are and discovering which ones help you to have a nice experience and which ones don't. By changing those stories that don't serve your joy, you can live a better story, one that brings you more happiness, freedom, love and hope. Here's how you begin the process of story changing. What areas of your life are not working or good? You may have many areas, but try and pick just one area of your life in week one. Spend the whole week really noticing your life. Choose one pattern that keeps emerging or an experience that keeps happening. Choose one that really bugs you or upsets you. Write down how it appears in your story. What are the actions, experiences and events you encountered? In week two, what story are you telling yourself about this area of your life? When you think about whether you got upset, for example, is there an underpinning thought there? Notice your deepest thoughts as the week goes on. You might hear things like, no one can help me. I have to do it all alone. You can't trust anyone. I have to put others first. When is it my turn? Can't anyone do things for themselves? Am I cursed? I can't take anymore. I am broken. Everyone is out to get me. It never stops. Why don't they know to? I am not like others. I always get hurt. I am a victim. I am the saviour. I know it all. I am different. I am above all that. Or something else. Think about the story you discover. Is it helping you or is it hurting you? If your story 
that you are different from everyone else makes you feel alone, perhaps it is time to discover your similarities to others instead of looking for the differences. If your story about being a victim makes you feel like you are constantly being beaten up by others physically or emotionally, maybe it's time to discover how you can be the perpetrator of your own reality and all you allow in it. If being spiritual makes you feel separate from the world, then maybe you need to discover a new script where spirituality means connection with others. If you always feel hurt, maybe your story of being weak could change to a story of proving you are already strong enough and no longer need to prove this. If you are a superhero who always has to save the day and usually experiences big drama in your life, perhaps your new story could accept that you would much prefer to have a human experience without so much hardship. Your new story might be you are giving up your addiction to drama and needing to prove yourself through it. If you never get a break or so your story says, what story would you need to be living out to get that well-deserved break? Is it simply a matter of deserving one? If you don't know, look around in week three as you're trying to make up your new story and see what others living the story you want say to themselves. Ask them. You might say, I notice you always seem to have enough resources. I wonder what you tell yourself about that that creates such a wonderful life. See what they say. In week three, make up a different story about this area of your life, then see how it plays out. Your story needs to be believable to you. If you want to wake up tomorrow and think you can fly and actually do it, that is unlikely. In the third dimension, we are limited by time. Sometimes it takes time for things to fully anchor. I'm a big believer that for every year that you have done things one way, it takes a week to a month to reprogram yourself depending on how strong your focus is. So think about that and consider how you can continue to reinforce your new story. I have always found jewellery helpful. I have one ring I wear when I need to give myself a break and remember I'm human and make mistakes and that this is okay. I have another pendant when I wanted to remember the story that I am a divine being. I have a stick I took home from my vision quest in the desert which reminds me of the story that I can do anything. When you decide which stories you want to observe about yourself and your life, then set reminders to help you remember to tell these stories to yourself on a regular basis. It is time to live the best story you can and to fill your stage of life with the most joyous reality your inner director can co-create.